Hello, and welcome to the Angelic Healing Podcast. In this space, myself or members of my North American team want to talk about all sorts of different topics, such as spirituality, gifts, healing, awakenings, and many, many more. I hope the time that you spend with us here, you find a little peace and harmony, and maybe even a few answers along the way. Thank you for being here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Angelic Healing Podcast, where we are airing our first ever episode of 2024, recording live here, or I should say recording our first episode. I don't know if this is the first one that airs this year, because Dana's been doing a lot of clips and stuff, but nonetheless, first episode we're recording of 2024. Um, today, I'm joined with my two wonderful co-hosts, both Dana and Emily, where today we are discussing um, The World is Changing. Um, so Dana, why don't you bring our audience into the fold for this wonderful new start to a new year? And then, yeah, let's go from there. See where it goes. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. This is the first official episode of the year. Uh, just so you know, I am so excited. I just dawned on me, actually, that we rarely ever introduce you. You always introduce us. So if you're new to the podcast, the main deep, lovely voice that you hear on this podcast is my dad. His name to everybody else is Daniel, and he's the owner of our company. So just so you know who that is as well, he's also an amazing host. Um, before we get into changing the world, I also just wanted to give a huge shout out and a thank you to our audience. As we wrapped up 2023, we had some amazing moments to kind of reflect on the growth of the podcast. And you know, 315% growth last year from our audience. We reached 27 countries. Those are things that we could absolutely not do without you. So if you're listening with us here, thank you so much for being with us. And we look forward to connecting with you more this year, as well as with more of you. So without further ado, let's get into changing the world. Or the world is changing. Both of those things are happening. Um, but I had a lot of reflection about what many of us are feeling. Anyone who's in tune, energetically aware, um, faithful, I feel like there is this common theme within people who are in touch that just feel like something is happening. Something is changing. Priorities are shifting. The monotony of day to day is sometimes getting more frustrating. And I feel like there is many different responses, but there seems to be these very polar reactions that are happening. People are rebelling, they're disassociating, people are coming together in unity, or they're dividing even further. All of these reactions are happening. And so many people are feeling it, but not many people are talking about what they're going to do. Sometimes right now, a lot of people are just coping and surviving with all of these feelings. So what do we do with them? And how do we get out of a survival mindset when we're feeling all these things and trying to understand what's happening in the world? So that's where my thought process was going into this topic. Emily, I'd love to tap you in today and see what's on your beautiful brain. Mm, tap in, accepted. 
You know, I when you started talking about how the common theme is and everybody's noticing this change, the first thing that I think of is like if you're in some sort of a, a spiritual group on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, the common question is always, I'm experiencing all of these deep feelings and I'm having all of these energetic dreams and all of these things feel really heavy. Is anybody else experiencing this? And, you know, you'll see hundreds of comments all agreeing and saying, yes, this is what's happening and this is changing. And so I think, you know, people know deep down that something is coming and things are changing. And where my brain kind of goes is, to just get past the part of like, is it changing or why is it happening? All of that and go, yes, it is. So like you said, Dana, what are we going to do about it? And I think a lot of people skip that step of what am I going to do and just sit in the the maybe the yuck of what they're feeling rather than looking for change. And the truth is a lot of times when we're feeling that need for change in order to create that we have to do something about it we have to take some sort of action step that's going to get us closer to where we want to be and instead of trying to focus on everybody else needs to change what can we personally do to change within ourselves to grow within ourselves so that's kind of where my brain is moving there those are some great points i mean it's funny, I'm sitting here debating whether I'm going to go with one of your comments, whether I'm going to jump forward to what's to come, or I'm going to stay with what Emily was focusing on of how do we deal with that. And I think I think we have to back up before even those two. You know, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of polarizing statements out there right now with social media, you know, change your own backyard first, you know, make sure your room is clean, make your bed. There's a lot of things out there that you know, really come to the core of change starts within and be the change you want to start in the world. But I want to start even before that. I want to, I want to talk to you guys about how you confront change in the first place, whether it's good or bad, how you prepare yourself or how you deal with the acknowledgement that change is coming. So we often ask a lot of our clients that we work with, you know, how do you react when you're confronted with information that proves something that you know to be true, false, right? When you found out something you knew or something you learned is wrong, um, how do you react, right? At a very, and I don't want you to discuss this with other people. I want you just to have an internal, honest, judgment-free discussion with yourself of how you truly react when you're confronted with change. Right, because I think that's the core of anything. Right, how we approach something new, or how we approach maybe the idea that we we knew something that was wrong, or we believe something that was wrong, and then how that sets the stage for what comes next. Are we in the mindset of acceptance? Are we in the mindset of disagreement? Are we in the mindset of disbelief? Right? Do we force our own narrative through the truth that is put in our lap in order to soften the blow on our ego? Right? So I think that's really the truly first step of looking at any change, especially the world, because 
if we look at the idea of world change or the Great Reset or all these other stories that come out from this, it's a fairly overwhelming thought, even though people kind of lightly caress it as that would be nice. Right? It would be nice to have a government that had our backs. It would be nice to have a boss that understood its employees. It would be nice to have a family that understood my needs. Whether how big or how small we make this, it starts with our perception of what's happening. And then are we capable of moving into a mode of acceptance or are we incapable of that? Right? Because all the change in the world can happen around you, but if you fail to believe it, what good is it? I see Danny came off mute pretty quick there. No, I was just thinking of, you know, the the commonality and like the rise, let's call it a pandemic, of the fear of being wrong that's happening, especially in our society. And how many times I've watched people literally, not literally metaphorically fight to the death about that i'm right i'm right i'm and they lose perception of everything else going around because for some reason we've gone to this place where the fear of being wrong or not having the full truth or not having all of the information feels fatal to a lot of people so when they receive that information what we in our minds and where we've grown to be see opportunity for growth we see expansion we see new information learning opportunities a lot of people just see I was wrong. And that stopped so many people from growing into the next step. And I had this funny thought last night while I was going to sleep. And I was like thinking about the way people reject new information. And I was thinking about this silly example. So bear with me of like, if someone came to you tomorrow and said, CPR is no longer the best way to save someone's life. There is a new way to keep people alive in emergencies, and this is the new way. It would not make sense for all of us to stay in our stubborn and be like, no, 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 no. I have been doing CPR for so long. This is the way. This is the, this is the only way to do something. We just had received information that this is the better way for survival. Most of us, in an outside example like that, would be able to adapt and move forward that this is the new way. But when it comes to our own life, when we're presented with, hey, you used XYZ to survive. That's great. There's now a new way that's more efficient for your survival and your quality of life. Let's do this. There seems to be a roadblock that happens of like, no, 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 I have to do it the old way. I have to do it this because this is all I've known. This is all I've ever done. But when you put it in an example like that, like how silly is that? That you're losing out on efficiency of survival of being able to thrive in your life because all you can think about is what you've done before. And we can all admit that we've done things in our lives that were the best choices we had. It was the way we had to survive. It was the information we had. But why, when we get new information, does that stubborn come in? And it holds so many people back from experiencing what could happen next. Mm -hmm. While you were talking there, I was just thinking about science and how you know, some of the most, some of the greatest scientists, they understand that they don't know everything. Like they don't know more than they do know. And that's the reason, part of the reason that science gets to move forward is because they create a hypothesis, they do an experiment and the results don't come back like what they expected. And so they're like, oh, 
I'm missing something. What else can I do? And it's able to move things forward. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are now if we weren't able to, you know, change something about our hypothesis or our experiment. We would be kind of stuck running around in a circle. It's it's something that I think everybody could get better at. When I when I first started this whole thing, my awakening, my journey, it was I was very stubborn. I'm still stubborn in many ways, um, but it was hard for me to say, oh, well, this is what I know and I'm going to stand on it, period. And when I started learning new things, that's when I was able to move myself forward in growth. When you're stuck in this stubborn, cross my arms, stamp my feet mindset, you can't be a curious you know, person with childlike wonder, like our our person, Aaron says, our person. <laughs> One of our members, Aaron says, this childlike wonder. We have to be curious about the world. We have to know that there's so much information that we don't know. And in order to move ourselves forward, we've we've got to learn to accept that. And I think that's a a journey in its own of how do I get to a place where I can hear new information and humble myself to say, oh, that's interesting. And at least just ask a question about it or at least just dig a little bit deeper. Does that make sense? (laughs) It does. You know, and I think we can spend a lot of time and talk about all the pitfalls of how to do it wrong, but let's talk about how to do it right for a second. You know, I, I... I, I'm always hesitant to quote movie wisdom, but there's a lot of wisdom sprinkled in movies along the ways or TV shows. And recently I was turned on to a TV show on Apple TV, uh, the, not a plug for Apple, but that's where it is. Um, uh, it's called Ted Lasso. So if people haven't watched it, it's about a football coach that gets yanked into the UK to now coach a soccer team. Um, he is the, the eternal optimist, you know, the, the fun loving coach, you know, rarely says a negative word. And it's kind of his story and his growth into this team and the team's growth into him. And he says, there's one very iconic line in one of those episodes. Um, a guy was uh, underestimating him and they were in this bar and shooting darts and stuff like that. And he says, you know, the, the difference is, he says, most people look at people with judgment. Right. But my father taught me to look at people with curiosity, not judgment. Right. And if we use that simple line, you know, when somebody's different from us or somebody is doing something other than what we're doing or saying something other than what we're saying, I think the knee jerk reaction today is to look at it with judgment. Oh, they're foolish. They're this. Oh, they're a bit crazy. Oh, they're into that spiritual stuff. Oh, they they're talking about something about gifts or energy or all these other wondrous things. But what if you looked at that person with curiosity instead and said, what if they're right? What if they know something I don't know? What if I've missed something? What if, yeah, maybe they're a bit, you know, out there for my personal taste, but what if there's still information in there I could learn? Right? So, that idea of letting go of judgment and replacing it with curiosity is a wonderful way to approach change because it bypasses the ego, right? It's okay to be wrong in those moments you're curious, right? 
what if I was incorrect? What if I could learn something new today? What if it's not actually about being wrong or being a good person or a bad person or anything like that? What if I just have an opportunity today to be presented with something new that I could learn or read about or experience or, you know, connect with? What if is such a wonderful, wonderful term. And what if, like so many of us get in these places for a multitude of reasons, but we have this resistance or this stubbornness to change. But if we shifted our perspective a little bit and allowed for just the possibility that change is the point, that change and growth on an individual level, on a global level, on a human level, on a spiritual level, on all the levels, is not only the point, is necessary, it's the purpose, like growth and change, whether that's in your personal life or on a gigantic, worldly, soulful level, what if that was the goal? What if that was the reason you came here to begin with? And that is something that I believe, and it is something that changed my perspective of the world when I realized that growth and human evolution and learning and realizing I was wrong and learning new ways to do things that's right for right now because I'm going to learn something new in five or 10 years or tomorrow that's going to then evolve my way of doing things again. And when you become open to that, it feels less daunting and intimidating and much more curious and exciting because I think deep down there are many people who feel misaligned with their life and it just doesn't feel right. It feels mundane. It feels monotonous. It feels like it lacks purpose. And especially spiritual communities, you know, many people I hear say, I'm just going to wait for the next life because this one ain't it. But what if you didn't have to wait until next time? What if the change that is happening right now, if you are allowed, if you allow yourself to align with it and be part of the change and allow yourself to be ever changing, that you could find that alignment right now? That you don't have to just disassociate from your life and wait for the next opportunity that this could happen now. <laughs> I love that you just said that because we just entered a new year and now is about the time where everybody's doing their New Year's resolutions. And since it's a new year, I'm going to do it at the new year. And I can't do it in the middle of the year because it has to be at the beginning because that means it's new and, and it's the time. But it, it doesn't have to, like you said. I mean, there's nothing stopping us from making a change in our life other than us deciding and doing it. And I, I'm thinking about, too, how I've heard lots of people say, like, oh, well, I'm not going to change until other people do. And the hard truth about that is that the world isn't going to change first. It starts with each individual person making changes along the way. It's not going to happen. Everybody's going to do it. And then it's your turn, right? It, it's got to be a intentional thing that we decide to do. And we also hear all the time how when things are changing in our lives, it's unexpected. We don't know what's going to happen if we make a change. We're scared of that. Dana, you mentioned the the fear of change earlier. And it's true, right? The the thinking, the overthinking that we have when a change is happening or we're scared of what's going to happen, 
that's the the real scary part is what's happening in between our ears. But what happens after that change often leaves us way more fulfilled and happier. And that's where we want to be. We just have to get over that overthinking and just bypass it and say, you know what? I've done this too much and it's time to stop doing that. I'm going to just take a chance and I'm going to do it and see what happens and just try it out. I uh, was really laughing when you were saying New Year's resolutions and I was thinking of this silly, silly social media video. And it's of this kid whose mom was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do the thing tomorrow. And the kid's like, tomorrow, it's always tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Like, it's oh, but people will do that every time. I'll wait for tomorrow. I'll wait for the Monday. I'll wait for the new year. I'll wait till the first of the month to make these changes or to be acceptive of change. And I just imagined in my head, like your team and the angels and God just looking at you like it's always tomorrow. Like it's <laughs> we've got to just do something in the now when you realize it, because if everyone's always saying tomorrow, everyone's always saying next month, nothing is happening. And what <laughs> What happens in that moment is collectively or individually, the frustration and the intolerance for your own situation in your own life is building. And the frustration is growing and the dissatisfaction with your own life is growing. But sometimes it seems easier to stay, even if we look at all the change that's happening in the world, like all of the things that are happening, whether it's politics, whether it's natural disasters, whether it's wars, whether it's um, the weather that's happening, like the evidence is in front of us. Every story that has ever been told of change that is coming is literally playing out in front of our eyes. But it can feel easier to be like, coincidence? Hmm, that's interesting. And move on and just go back to the the monotony or the task or the disassociation or the social media, like whatever it is. But what if we just stopped for a minute and said, something bigger is at play right now? And the world, like Emily said, it was a great point, is waiting. God is waiting. The universe is waiting for all of us to get frustrated enough that we're actually going to accept change rather than just sitting in it. But isn't that the ultimate truth there of those statements, right? You know, we talked, or I spoke at the beginning about how you receive change and how you're you know, viewing it in your life when it happens on a little scale or a big scale. And, and there's a very core truth behind that, you know, all the lemmings out there, all the followers out there, you know, some people just call them sheep, whatever it might be. We'll call them the herd animals that are only going to address something when enough people make it socially acceptable to address it. But the truth is they will, once they get frustrated enough, look at it. But a lot of things have to happen because that disassociation is so strong or that ability to minimize and pretend it's something different is so strong until finally something's got to get bad enough for them to say, okay, wait, maybe it is a problem. Right? Because the people, like Emily said, oh man, this, this gets me amped up. But, you know, the, the people that are waiting waiting for this, waiting for that, you know, waiting for somebody else to tell them, waiting for that. They're not going to change, right? Until something dramatic happens in their life because they're always waiting. You know, and Dana put that same point on it with, you know, it's always tomorrow. It's always this. It's always that. It's always, 
yeah, cool, do your thing. Right? You are the person that doesn't want to change. And if that offends you or if that's triggering you right now and you're feeling a little bit called out, right? I want you to understand that it's up to you. So not up to anybody else. No one else is going to give you permission. No one else is going to make it acceptable. You know, if you're part of the mob that's waiting for the big change, right? That's a problem. And I, for the most part right now, I'm really focused on the people that want to break away from the mob. I'm really focused on the people that want to spearhead the change within their own lives and the change in other people's lives around them. Because I can work like crazy trying to help one of the mob mentality people, but until it aligns with the mob, they're just going to reject everything I say anyway. So, you know, maybe this is an all call to healers and gifted people out there alike or teachers or coaches, right? Who are you trying to work with? Are you working with the people that are going to ignore you anyway? Are you working with the people that are, you know, trying to pull the information out of you because they can't wait for something new? Or better yet, they want to be ready for when the new gets here. And the mob is left breathless. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> just a little speech well, there for a second. <laughs> wasn't meant to be a good one. It was just meant no, to be true. It is. I, I think... A lot of true things are good ones. I mean, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it's important to note here, too, that sometimes it it has to get real bad for us before we are willing to make a change, before we're ready to, because we feel like in those moments we don't have any other choice. You know, we're, we're like, OK, well, I've tried everything else and now I have to do this because I don't have any other options. But it doesn't actually have to be that way. We don't have to wait until things get bad enough or loud enough for us to decide to make a change. We can actually just decide right now. And I'm just reflecting back on a lot of the conversations that I've had with you, Daniel, about like, ah, we've had this conversation so many times. We've talked about the same thing so many times. And your response always is like, it's okay. Just it's all right. You just needed another one okay, here we are now. And that took so much pressure off in those moments because I was able to not, eventually, I was able to not get down on myself for, oh, I've done this so many times and I feel so silly or stupid or whatever. And okay, it's just the time now that I needed to hear in this way with the experience that I've now had that I can change something. And then I want to, right? We're always waiting for like the thing that's going to push us over the edge to help us make the change. Because like I said, we don't have another choice. But what if we just made intentional choices because we wanted to, not because we felt forced in a way? I think that that would change how we grow and learn. I think that would just be a little bit different of a way to handle it. And for those of that's falling on deaf ears right now, I want to just change those words a bit, right? How many times has you, have you said, I'll deal with it when it's important enough, right? I'm currently multitasking and it's low on my priority list. 
Now, this could be about anything. I don't care if it's the dishes or cutting the lawn or all of a sudden it's baggage or trauma that you're dealing with or a bad relationship or a, a toxic friendship. Uh, I can deal with that. It's fine. Right? You get into the, it's, you're saying the exact same thing Emily said. You're just using different words. The question for you should be, why is that not important enough to deal with? Right? Is it socially acceptable? Is it because you don't want to create waves? Is it because you're worried about somebody's opinion about you in those moments? Is it because you don't feel accepted if you stand up from the crowd? Well, then we're back to my conversation about being in that mob mentality. Right? And there is the truth is. Let's just, let's go into the hypothetical future conversation for a second. Right? If a big enough change happens that affects the mob. Right? There will be a tidal wave of people looking for help. Now, the question is, do you want to be part of the tidal wave or do you want to be part of the help? And if you think for one second that you're going to do all your work and your personal journey inside the tidal wave and then help everybody else around you, you're one of these gifted people that are like, eh, I'll deal with it later. And then I'll just help all these people and it'll be wonderful. My business will explode. I'm like, no, you're going to be doing the work right alongside them because you're part of the mob. Right? So you choose. The wave was a help. 100%. And I think another thing about, you know, there's so many people, especially people who are the heads of the mobs or in the mob mentality that are looking for a space to take advantage of people who want something different but aren't necessarily able or wanting to do the work and it's a bit of an easy out to join the mob i'm sure many of you guys have heard the quote that says when you stand for nothing you fall for everything and and part of being courageous enough to make the change in your own life and being curious and being open to change and accepting those are also ways that you build your foundation of self it's also the ways that you explore what is the foundation for you? What are the non-negotiables? What if through all of these changes have remained consistent? It forces you to answer the question of what do I believe about myself? What do I believe about the world? What do I believe about people? All of those philosophical questions that we learned about in, in school and in your social studies class or in your histories class. Do you believe that the world is good? Do you believe people are inherently good? What do you believe about the world we live in? What do you believe about what's beyond the world that we live in? That also forces you to understand what you stand for and what your purpose is here. So when the mob calls for the followers, you aren't the one looking for a place because you already know what your place is before it's too late because those people are looking to take advantage of you. Those people are looking to take advantage of your lostness. So you also have to be the one to do the work to find your place, to know your place, to be open to change and honest enough with yourself that you're not going to get caught in these traps. So when the time is comes to help, you are ready and prepared to help. Mm -hmm. I just got goosebumps while you were talking. I was like, yeah, Dana, tell them. <laughs> I think this this is uh, um, if this is hitting you, you know, and you're getting goosebumps like me, I think this is really a, a call to action to say, do you know yourself well enough to know what you want and who you are and who you want to be? 
because I think we we fall into the trap a lot of like, oh, this is just who I am and this is just what I get and this is just is what it is. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes things are just what they are. But that doesn't mean that you have to go along with whatever the way things are. You have full capacity and that full um, strength to change things and to do something else if you choose to. And it's it's maybe time to have a conversation with yourself and sit with yourself without distraction and really think about this. You know, all the things that Dana said of who am I? You know, what do I believe about the world? Who do I want to be? Is the life that I'm living now fulfilling? Or is there some things that I could change that that would make it better? And start that conversation and just see where it goes. There's no pressure. Just ask. Get curious about yourself. And I think you'll be surprised at what you might find. You know, as we wrap up here and we draw this episode to a close, I think there's a lot of expressions around the word change. You know, if you were to stop and Google really quickly, you know, motivational expressions around change or sayings around change, you will find probably hundreds of thousands of quotes. But with what is coming down the pipe and what we are faced with as a society today, you know, between the pandemics and the weather and the natural disasters and the wars and the general unrest of people and the overwhelming building of ugly towards each other. I want you to ask yourself a simple question. Do you want to be a part of the change or do you want to be a part of the changed? Right? There's a definite difference of your intent in those moments. There is a difference in the accountability and the responsibility you're willing to assign yourself. You know, we can talk about all the, the warm, fuzzy expressions all we like, of, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. And those are, they're true and they're wonderful. And I'm not, I'm not taking away from them. They are wonderful, but they lack the answer, right? They're very surfaced. You know, even the change your own, make your room, you know, clean up your room, make your bed, that kind of thing. It starts with fixing the, the simple things in your life. Fixing, you know, your day-to-day routine. And when you get your day-to-day routine down, you get your weekly routine down. When you get your weekly routine down, you build a month. You put enough good successful months against the wall, you have a successful year. But it starts with the little things instead of jumping to the finish line of figuring out what it's like to be successful in a year or being changed within a year. So that's where expressions start with make your bed, clean your room, tidy your kitchen, whatever it might be. But it actually starts before that of, Can you see change is required? Can you even see it or are you blind? Are you too busy convincing yourself that change isn't required, but yet on Facebook and Instagram, you're like, change is wonderful. I I want to grow. I want to develop. Where are you sitting in that six inches between your ears? Do you want to be part of the change or the change that? you pick until next time guys i want you to know you're loved more than you know and we'll talk to you soon i hope you enjoyed today's episode 
I would like to take a minute and just thank you for your time here today in spending it with us. If you have further questions about the company, the things that we talk about, or what it is that we do, you're welcome to navigate to the main website at angelichealing.ca. You can connect directly with our socials, see my North American team's profiles, and look at some exciting topics that are still to come. You are also welcome to use the Contact Us tab to request topics for future episodes. I would love to hear from you guys. Until next time, take care.